Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Father, I thank you so much for your word today. I thank you, Father, that you've helped me to minister your word. Uh, I admit that I cannot do this without you. So, Father, I thank you that you speak through me, Father, that you strengthen me with spiritual might, that you physically strengthen me, Father. And I thank you that you help me to get this out in a clear way, in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and glory all the time for everything that you say and do in the precious name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So today uh, I want to just speak on what I'm calling full of the right stuff. Full of the right stuff. So it's the first Sunday of the year, and uh, I was thinking about first. And, you know, God is so awesome because in today's world, and it's been going on for many years, there's people that educate themselves. And, I mean, they, they get awesome in certain areas. They can motivate. They're motivational speakers. There's people that teach on leadership. People, there's inventors and creators. Just awesome. And, and, and a lot of them don't know God but they just applied themselves and they really became something. But, you know, everything that comes out of their mouth, there was somebody that was before them that's so much more awesome than them, than they are, and there is somebody that brought truth and all of the things they say in many, many years ago. And it's interesting concerning God that he's the God of the first. So I just put some scriptures together. You know, when you take a shower and you got all that water coming, let's do a scriptural shower right now and look at God. So Matthew 5, 24, it says, first be reconciled to thy brother and then come. Notice how God is like, first do this and then do that. Uh, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And if you do, then everything else will follow. First cast out the beam out of thy own eye. Notice you got to do that first before you do the other. God is so good at all of these things. He will first bind the strong man and then spoil his house. There's always something that comes first. First steps, that's what we say around here. Sit down first and count the cost. So if you're going to build something, you always sit down first and count the cost. What's what's it going to cost? Or what king going to war against another king sits down not first and, and consults? So even before you go to war, sit first and consult. Knowing this first, twice in 2 Peter. Uh, You've got to know something first before something else. 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. He's the God of the first. 1 Timothy 2.1, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And that is in the next thing that it says to pray for, first of all, is even for kings and all that are in authority. So God is a God of the first, and he lets us know what's really important, and, and he lets us know sequence, whatever you want to say. And as I was thinking of that then, this came to me, that God, or when Jesus walked on the earth, he told a small group, compared to what it is today, of those that believed in him, to go to a room, an upper room, and to wait for the promise. There again, something first before something else. So with that said, just look at this in Luke chapter 24 because we want to talk about being full of the right stuff today. So Luke 24 and verse 49, it says, And behold, 
I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, I want you to consider the group of people he's talking to. These are the guys and ladies that walked with him. They walked with him, and they heard everything he taught. They walked with him, and not only did they walk with they saw him do demonstrations of healing. They saw all of that with their eyes. They heard all of it with their ears. As far as people on the earth were concerned, they were the most knowledgeable people at that time concerning Jesus and even probably God. And he's telling them, wait, there's something that has to come first. Interesting, isn't it? So what's, what is that telling us? Well, it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have. Knowledge can puff up. But what, what is he saying here? You can't do what you're called to do unless you are clothed with power from on high. So there's many people in the world that do quite a bit with their intelligence, and we honor that, and honor them for all the work and the money they put into even getting educated. That's a wonderful thing for them. But when it comes to spiritual things and building the kingdom, you need something that comes from on high. We need to be clothed with that Holy Ghost power. So we're talking about what to get full of today. And then in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. So again, we just see, you got to do this first before you do that. And then Acts 2.33, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. And when that power got poured out, you know, God is more than a concept. God is more than a thought. God is more than just doctrine. Thank God for doctrine. We need it. The Bible says to rightly divide the word. But God is real. He's alive. He's real. He's tangible. And so when somebody gets clothed with that power, that person, and that includes all of us that are Christian, we're going to say something and we're going to do something. So when the Holy Ghost power fell, they just weren't sitting there like having deep thoughts. <laughs> there was like tangibility and there was like they were saying things and doing things. And that's what Christianity is all about, where we can say and do. And we'll get into it as we go today. So we celebrate Pentecost Sunday around the world once a year, but uh, we are, you know, a Pentecostal church, and I believe in my heart what the Lord is saying about 2021, not just for our church, for the body of Christ, there's first of all going to be a hunger, and God does that. I can't put hunger in anyone, no pastor, no minister can put hunger in people, but God can put hunger in people, and the hunger has it started to increase last year and it will continue to increase that people are going to be hungry for God like never before in 2021 but also this is the year that the church is going to rise up and start walking not just a few ministers that stand behind pulpits but the body of Christ each person is going to start rising up 
and doing the works of Jesus. It's going to start happening this year to a greater degree. Hallelujah. So we have the Holy Ghost in us all the time. So it's great that we, and, and I respect the fact that we celebrate Pentecost Sunday once a year, but if you're Pentecostal, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We got it all the time, okay? So uh, picking up where Patsy left off, well, not necessarily, but this is something that she, we saw last week on the screen, and this is kind of like a warning that she received and gave to us about what we allow into our homes. And it was really, this is kind of like dirty sewage that the Lord showed her a picture that it can come through the screens that we watch. And you know, when I first went to church, we didn't even have screens. It's been so long ago. You know, we came in, and I really appreciate these screens really assist us uh, as churches around the world. We're assisted by screens. And, and the good part of screens is the gospel's gone around the world, and, uh, you know, Facebook is it has bad elements, but it has good elements because Christianity got promoted on it, you know, and all those things. So I'm for all of it, but, you know, God can do a lot of things without screens, too. You know, and uh, <laughs> we don't need the screens, but thank God they assist. But, but those screens that the warning was, watch what you let come through the screens into your house. And so when she was uh, speaking on that last week, I got this thing in my heart for this week, and it's like, whatever you allow in is what you get full of. And so hence, it came into my heart to just speak, being full of the right stuff. Don't allow, none of us should allow ourselves to get full of the wrong stuff. So I'm going to really make it simple today, just have four things. The first one is what not to be full of. The second one is why and what to be full of. The third one is advantages of being full. And the, the last one is how to get full. Okay, so let's just real quickly do the first one. I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but 1 John uh, 2.15, what not to be full of, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that the, is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so this is just, a, there's other, many scriptures, but this is just one scripture. It's saying this is what we don't want to get full of, the world. Now, you know, and, and understand when I say this that I balance my life out, but I want God and I want all of his things to be much more than other things. But I, they're like, we, we plan our time, hey, let's see if there's a movie that's worth watching, and if we can find one that's worth watching that, that doesn't have a lot of filth in it, then we balance out and we'll do a movie. But like what we want to make sure we do is make more than anything feed on God's word, spend time in his presence, but I'm not, I'm not saying anything against doing something relaxing if it doesn't include, if it's not full of a bunch of filth. But so that said, there was like, we, one of the things we did to relax was like detective shows, and they were on the clean side. They didn't have a lot of filth, but un like something that I never thought would happen, she went this last year to be with our daughter for almost six weeks, and I thought I'll probably double up on my detective shows while she's away, <laughs> but you know what? I actually stopped watching the detective shows while she was away, 
it shocked me. I just lost it. I didn't have any desire to watch those, and I haven't watched them since she left. Now, I'm not trying to tell anyone don't watch detective shows. Balance it out and make sure you don't let filth flood into your house, and filth can come in various forms. So you can watch filth on, in a movie. And, you know, just a little thing, you know, like you might like comedies, but if you ever notice, the comedies are mainly rated R or whatever, and that's where they put most of the filth, so don't, don't be upset with me, but even for comedies and, and, you know, there's really a hard, it's hard to find a comedy that you can watch any longer. When I was younger, the comedies were, you know, they were pretty clean. And so even, you might say, well, I want to get a laugh, well, get full of the Holy Ghost and laugh, but don't laugh at a bunch of filth. It's good, it's good to do this at the beginning of the year, you know. Okay. Uh, but then also, you know, there's, there's other things. Like we're living in this environment. So even back in early November, I was, we were staying at Mitch and Anna's house and, uh, at that a particular evening. That's my daughter and, uh, and, and her husband. And I just was looking at something on uh, my computer. And it had to do with something going on in the States where I have five brothers and three of them are grandparents, and one of them has children, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, and I love my brothers, and I'm close to them, and then Patsy has uh, two sisters and two brothers there, and they have kids, so we love our families over there, and I saw something, I thought, you know, if that plays out like that, that's not going to be good for them, and then I think about my family, and I was troubled by that, but I, I went to sleep, you know, but then I woke up after one hour, and I went back and looked at it again, but my, my stomach was hurting. It, it was so troubling to me that it hurt my stomach. And, and I thought, what, what am I going to do? You know, and I need to sleep. So I just got up off the chair, put my computer down, closed it, and I start walking around praying in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, it wasn't only five to ten minutes, 15 at the most, that that whole thing lifted off me, that heaviness, the, and the peace of God just flooded me. But in it then, because when you get full of the right stuff, you also can see or get direction. And the Lord said, do not follow that any longer. Put it aside. Give it to me. Trust me, but don't you follow that. And I, I took his advice. And I went back to sleep and slept the whole night, I slept every night since, except since early November. I have eaten too much of the wrong food a few times, and that kept me up. But other than that, I've slept good. I, I've, been pe I've been at peace. See, what you are full of has so much to do with that area. If you're full of the wrong stuff, it can get you out of peace. And us Christians, if anyone, should be like an example to the world it should be us that we have him. He said, my peace I, I, leave, I give you and my peace I leave with you. So his peace is way superior to any other. All the other peace is fake. You know, there's only one real peace and it comes from him. And if you get full of him, you're going to have that kind of peace, okay? So, so um, that, let's, that, that's enough of that. Let, let's talk about the next one, like why and what to be full of. And the whole purpose would be to do his will. So like when Jesus walked on the earth, he went about teaching. That's explaining. He went about preaching. That's proclaiming. He went about healing. That's demonstrating. So when Jesus walked on the earth, he explained, he proclaimed, and he demonstrated. 
And then he said, the works that I do shall you do also. So what is that saying? Well, it means that every Christian should be able to explain, should be able to proclaim, and should be able to demonstrate. So really, why are we here? Well, we're here to teach, preach, and proclaim, whether it's one-on-one or whether it's to a stadium full of people and anything in between. So Patsy, I said this uh, in another message here, she grew up in a, a town in Colorado that was near the Kansas border, and it's real flat there. They make jokes that the state tree is the telephone pole because there's hardly any tree. It's all farmland, you know, but they have harvesting equipment, monstrous machines, monstrous, and they go and do, they bring in the harvest, but then my father had a garden in his backyard, and I was the harvesting machine. <laughs> Go pick some basil, basilico in Italian, you know, and so on, tomatoes. See, I said, instead of tomatoes, I said it right. <laughs> but that's like one-on-one. But, you know, there were benefits going to get the basilico, the basil, you know, with a little garlic and olive oil, a little salt few cherry tomatoes, put it on some pasta. Great benefits of going to get that. There's great benefits if we do one-on-one where I explain the gospel to somebody and I pray with them and they get saved. That's, that's one person that's not going to go to the wrong place in eternity. So whether our influence and in what we do is one-on-one or it's a stadium full like the big combines, every, everybody's part makes the difference. So when we say why and what we should, we, sh- we need to be full of him so we can do his will. So look at these scriptures, Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Acts 6, 3, wherefore, brethren, look out ye among, among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Acts 6, 5, the first part. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Acts 7.55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Acts 11.24. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the Lord. So that is what we want to be full of the Holy Ghost power. Now, here's the advantages of being full. Just going over these scriptures now. Uh, the first scripture, Jesus was full and he was led. So we're led by the Spirit, but the best thing to do if we get full of the Spirit, isn't it much easier to be led by the Spirit? And even when I just start walking around praying in the Holy Ghost, the Lord said, hey, he first of all lifted up the heavy weight, but then he said, don't follow that. Don't, don't get full of that stuff. We're, we're here to get people saved. You get full of that stuff, you're not going to get people saved. That's the main reason we're here, right? Then Acts 6, 3, they desired people to be full of the Spirit to serve and, and to appoint over business. So even when it comes to serving, you know, uh, we have our business manager. She was in the 830 service, but she's in church every Sunday, and she's full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And they said, look, find people that are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom and appoint them over the business. Even the people that do business in the church need to be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And that, that was Stephen. And then, you know, in Acts 6, 5, then that very guy that, you know, he's doing like, he's doing business stuff. 
and taking care of serving, but then in Acts 6, 5, they chose Stephen, you know, but then he eventually becomes an evangelist. And that's why, you know, steps are always important. But like some steps, you know, you, you're there a long time before you take the next step. And so, you know, none of us should compare, but sometimes you have to do that one step, and sometimes you have to stay there for a while before you do another step. But, but God is, he's taken, as far as timing is concerned, God knows what he's doing with divine timing. The main thing is stay full and make sure you're in step. And that's what we see there. So Acts chapter 11 and verse 24, Barnabas was full and much people were added to the Lord. You know, when you get full of him, you're going to lead more people to the Lord. And, 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 you know, something I think, like the Good Samaritan, how many times, and I'm talking about myself, could I have stopped to help somebody, but I had my own schedule? And it's one thing, you know, you want to go to work, you don't want to lose your job because you stop all the time and can't get to work, so you understand about balance and wisdom. But how many times I could have stopped to talk to somebody about the Lord, but I was... I wasn't full enough at the time, and I was selfish. And one thing about it is, if you get full of the right stuff and you get full of the Holy Ghost and God, it really can minimize. It's like you can put your flesh under and not be selfish. So being full of the right thing will cause us to get more people saved, okay? So we could say it this way. When we get full, it positions us to hear, to do, to see, to be fruitful. We're, we're always in position when we're full of the right stuff. One last scripture, then we're going to talk about how to get full. So Zechariah 4, 6, this scripture, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And no matter how intelligent we, we are, we need to cooperate with the Holy Ghost to even lead somebody to the Lord. To say even the right words sometimes, it's a navigating thing where the Lord will give us wisdom. And sometimes he'll say, don't say anything. Just behave properly in front of this person. Watch the words that you say in front of this person. This, is, this might be a slower one, so don't say anything right now. It can be that way, okay? All right, so let's talk about how to get full. So... Um, I've, I've told this before, but, and I'm going to talk about this today, but uh, I was only saved not even a year, and I was going to this, as you know, Italian, uh, as you heard me say this before, I went to an Italian Pentecostal church out of the Catholic church, and our worship leader, of course, he, he was Italian too, Mike Donatio, the pastor's name was Barney Leone, and then you had Mike Donatio, the Donatio family was there, then the Caminetti family joined in, but you know, there were some Greeks there too, the Ligarises and all these just Greek Italians there. Uh, and it helped us because we thought there's other people that are born again Christians and Pentecostals that are Italian. We just needed that little thing. So I'm at this church. So one night, my brother Joe and I, we said, let's go over to Mike's house. He was the worship leader. So we go over there. He's married with a young child at the time. And then there was somebody else from the church there when we got there. So we're sitting in his kitchen where the Italians, you know, the kitchen replaces the couch and, the, and it's everything goes on in the kitchen. So we're in the kitchen. He goes, hey, you, go, you guys want to worship the Lord? 
And we said, yeah. Now, most people would leave the kitchen and go into another room, but not the Italian. So we stayed in the kitchen. And we're sitting around the table, and he brings his guitar out, and he starts playing the guitar, and we start worshiping the Lord. And so to make a long story short, we got so full of God and so drunk with the Holy Spirit, just the how many were five, six with a child, it, it was amazing. Now, I'm going to explain some things here, but before I do, I want to just bring a little balance here. Here's something that Smith Wigglesworth said, and to even bring some balance here, that he said this, he said, the Lord will allow you to become very drunk in his presence, but sober among people. So if, if, before I read this, I want to say that if you don't know who Smith Wigglesworth is, he's in heaven now. He's from England. He was one of the great people in the... He, he was like a pioneer. He was called an apostle of faith. He rose, he, he, he like was used to, for 10 people to be raised from the dead. And so he was one of the ones that, like coming from America, we were a young nation, and England had it for a long time. So there was like these Pentecostal fathers over there that we read their books to learn from them, okay? And he was one of those guys that you learn from. So when we read him, I think it, it carries a lot of weight. So he says, the Lord will allow you to become very drunk in his presence, but sober among people. I like to see people so filled with the spirit that they are drunk like the 120 on the day of Pentecost, but I don't like to see people drunk in the wrong place. That is what troubles us, somebody being drunk in a place of worship where a lot of people come in that know nothing about the word. If you allow yourself to be drunk there, you send people away. They look at you instead of seeing God. They condemn the whole thing because you have not been sober at the right time. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.13, For whether we are beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. You can be beside yourself. You can go a bit further than being drunk. You can dance if you will do it at the right time. So many things are commendable when all the people are in the spirit. Many things are foolish if people round about you are in the spirit or not in the spirit. We must be careful not to have a good time at the expense of somebody else. When you have a good time, you must see that the spiritual conditions in the place lend themselves to help you and that people are following or falling in line with you, then you will find it always a blessing. So I thought, wow, this guy, you know, I can receive that from this guy. Now, you, you don't know this part about me because you know me as a pastor, but we used to be traveling ministers, and there was a season where there was a lot of laughter and all that, and any time I went to a meeting, if I was preaching or if I wasn't preaching, I was just at a meeting once, and, and you know, they did some teaching, and then they took some time to stand in the press. I just got out of my seat, and it was like way back when they had real high platforms. I just ran up the platform, ran across it. I didn't know the pastor at the church, and jumped off. I'm glad I didn't hurt my ankle, but I was like one of the most wild people you could imagine. Now, you've seen me more as a pastor, but you've never seen me as a wild guy. <laughs> Maybe once in a while. And, 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 but, you know, I, I can be wild for, for God, you know. Um, but I, at the time, I, didn't, I, I did not know what he said, and I thought, well, I trust I've never 
did, I've never done anything to push somebody away from the Lord. So I like the balance that he brings. So you may have wondered, well, why don't you do certain things on a Sunday morning? Well, I learned from these guys, and the, the person that I got mentored from, he talked many years ago before the, there were the big mega churches that taught, you know, to, to attract lost people and all the teachings they've done. Well, he said many years ago, he said there's services for believers and there's services for seekers. And he said every church should know the difference. So have a, if you have seekers meetings, you know, that's the time that you have praise and worship and you teach the word of God. And everyone in the church knows this is when I bring somebody that's not saved. But then you have a believers meeting and that's when all the believers get together and that, at that particular time, you, you can act any, any way you want to act because they're all believers. Is that, is that, so, so, so our Sunday mornings, you can all know that this is a time that you bring seekers. But then, sun, you know, when we start Sunday nights, we're going to soak in the Spirit of God, etc. So I just thought I would just take a second to explain that because I think it helps our church for everyone to understand that. You might think, well, why, don't, why haven't you done this and why haven't you done that? Well, I've seen Sunday mornings in the way that these older men of God make suggestions. And I thought, these guys were way before me, and I'm going to take their advice, okay? So let me get back to this now. I thought I'd explain that, but I want to get back to now what happened. So there's four things real quickly I want to share on how I got full. The first one is I simply wanted to worship. And in saying that, here's what I mean. He said, would you like to worship God? Going back to his house again and talking about how I got full that particular night, I didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't even doing it so I would get drunk in the spirit. It was like no agenda. It's like he said, would you, you want to worship God? It, we never even knew what getting drunk was. It was the first time it happened. I wasn't even saved a year. That was back in 1979. That's when it happened. Okay, so he said, would you like to worship God? And I said, sure. My brother said, sure. We started to sing, and I, I want you to put yourself in my shoes even when we're at church and every time that you worship. There was no agenda. I wasn't, anal and I'm a musician. I was a drummer and a bass player. I can play a little guitar, can play a little piano. I can play all these instruments, so I can be a person that can analyze music wherever I am. I can analyze all that stuff because I know it, but I wasn't there to analyze. He's playing his guitar. I simply wanted to worship. And I think for every believer, when we're at church, even when, if we just don't analyze, but we just give him our heart. Does that make sense? Everyone just wanting to worship. What a difference it makes when you just want to worship God. Okay, so in that, you know, we, we became very full of God, very full of the Spirit. We had great joy and laughter, but we didn't know that was going to happen. We just wanted to worship. I just really encourage everyone at your homes, and even when we come here, if you just want to worship, what a difference that makes. No agenda, no analyzing. Here's something I didn't do, too. Like after that happened at his house, I didn't show up at church the next Sunday and tell people at church, man, I was over the worship leader's house because, I mean, I was just like a young... And, man, you guys think you worship here? You don't even know what worship is. You're so shallow. Man, like, I, I experience true worship. Let's not be those kind of people and 
compare and do that kind of stuff. I never, we never, we never told anyone at church that happened. You know, so those kind of things sometimes are intimate between you and God, you know. Here's the, here's the second thing, you know, when it comes to getting full. My, my heart and my mouth were involved or engaged. So in order to be full for each Christian, there has to be heart engagement and your mouth has to be doing something. So even on a Sunday morning when we're singing, it's like, it's not like standing here and doing this. It's like, you know, it's like getting engaged. The heart, I, I love you, Lord. I, I want a desire to worship you. So this is the song they're singing right now, and I'm not going to analyze the doctrine in the song. I'm not going to listen for a wrong note. I'm not going to see what they're doing with the lights. Hey, where's the smoke machine? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I want to worship you, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to get my, my heart's going to be in it, and my mouth. It's hard to get full if the mouth isn't a part of it. It's even hard to pray without moving your mouth. It's like... <laughs> okay. The third thing. We, when we were, we were simply obeying Scripture. So like Ephesians 5 and verse 17 to 19, it says, don't act fo- thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then look at, here's a little outline on how to do that. Singing, heart and mouth, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. That's, we were just simply doing that with no agenda. And then he manifested in such a way I was so aware of God. And again, my heart, every time I talk about it, my heart goes out to young people. You know, like, I just desire so much for young people to know, without a shadow of a doubt, that God is real. It's just not concepts. It's just not doctrine. And, and it's, it's like God is real, and he's tangible. And my heart's prayer and desire is for young people to know that God is real. I was so aware of God. His, his, you know, we were in the kitchen, as I said. So I, I couldn't stand up. I fell, I, I fell back on the, ref, you know, the refrigerator, and I slid down the door, and I was just like up against the refrigerator. And, and I used to get drunk in the world, and you know, you wake up with headaches, and you can damage your liver and all that stuff too. But... Um, I know what it's like when your tongue feels like it's like really thick. That's how drunk you get. I've been there, like with alcohol. My tongue, without any alcohol, I was, I, God was so real when I was so drunk. My tongue felt like it was huge. You know, and when it gets like that, you know, if you ever got drunk with alcohol, you, you try to talk, you go, because you can't. You know, I couldn't talk. It was like, I was so, you know, it was unreal. The presence of God and how tangible he was. My, I just desire that for every Christian. I desire it for every Christian. So, here's the last thing. We did all that, and God did the rest. 
we can almost say that spiritual laws came into operation because he said, he said, be full, and then he says, singing psalms and hymns. So he says, the way that you get full is to sing psalms and hymns. So if you actually do what he says, it's like there's spiritual laws that are in operation, and the other stuff will actually happen. And we got full. He did the rest. So we weren't expecting any of that to happen to the degree it did, but it did happen. So I just have that to give you guys, and I just desire, even as a church, that when we come here on Sundays, that we really, we might, we don't have, like Sunday mornings are designed so many songs and teaching, and, and as I said, that's what the people that I grew up under recommends for Sunday morning, but then we're going to have our first Sunday night where the whole hour's worship, and it's a time to soak. And you know, in the book of Acts chapter 13, Paul just got back from a mission, and then he was together with a group of people, and it says they were, they were worshiping and praying, and they were before the Lord, they were fasting even, but then the Holy Ghost said, Paul's whole destiny was changed because they decided to pray and get in the presence of God. He just heard a few words. That's when he went from being whatever he was doing previously into the apostolic ministry and he got sent far away by the Holy Ghost. And that just happened in a prayer meeting. So I just encourage you, you know, you might think I need answers about this. Well, even when we're worshiping on Sunday morning, like just worshiping God, the Holy Ghost can say and answers can come uh, in his presence. Now, like our two Christmas musical Sundays, each one of them, somebody had a significant healing happen in their body. And they told us, hey, you know, uh, one, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't see her today. She, uh, her husband came a couple weeks ago, and he got healed in a seat. You, you know, so we got stuff like that going on where we, you get in his presence, and God does stuff like that. Um, awesome. Awesome. So, um, we can't do it on our own. So let's, let's finish up today. Let's read the scripture together in Psalm 33 and verse 16 and 17. Uh, this just shows you that we need him. It says, the, let's read it together. One, two, three. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by his great might it cannot rescue and what does that mean? It means that no matter how strong a horse is, and they're strong, and, uh, you know, they, they can't get it done. There's just certain things that physical strength, education, and all of that stuff, they can't get it done. We need God. We need God. Let's read this one more again. Zechariah 4, 6. Let's read this together. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Today, you are invited, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's our desire that you would have that. We're going to have people up here today to pray for you, uh, to help, to lead you into it. And you don't really need prayer. It's just a matter of receiving. It's already available. So that's not even the right terminology. We're going to help you receive so you can speak in tongues today. And before we do that, I'd just like to ask you guys, uh, I want to say that if you're with us today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, 
you do not have a personal relationship with him, you're not what the Bible calls it, born again, born of the Spirit. In other words, you received him as Lord. We do want to lead everyone in a prayer. And it's our heart's desire that if you're here and you do not know Jesus, that you would leave today in relationship with him. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. The Bible also says he's the only way. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. He's the only way to get to the Father. And you do that by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. There's so much about the resurrection. He's the only one that was raised from the dead. That's why he's the only one to the Father, because everyone else was buried, and they rotted in their graves. He was raised. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes today, and I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And your heart is telling you that this is right. Your heart is telling you you need a Savior. I'm, this is speaking to somebody. And your heart is telling you this is the way to go. And you know it's right. So I'm just encouraging that. I heard the Holy Spirit saying that to someone. So let's pray this. Heavenly Father, I receive you, your Son Jesus. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. God raised you from the dead. I invite you into my life, into my heart. I thank you that you died for me, you suffered for me, and you were raised from the dead for me. Amen. If you prayed that, outside these doors, we have out there what we call next step and you can go there and find I, I just received Jesus what is the next thing I need to do and we'll help you with your next step or you can come up here but I want to remind you guys uh, as you're standing today you can stand up that if you want to receive the Holy Spirit we'll be here to help you receive let's all stand up and we'll sing as we go and uh, it's going to be an awesome year if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.